Bushed No Hope, the podcast. You had me at Charles Bush, and then Kathleen Turner shows up? We're back. and We're back. As promised. We didn't really go anywhere, yeah. but. So we have a very special episode today. Another guest for you. We are just guesting out of control. We this. are this season uh i mean to be honest scott said what can we do so that mm. i have to prepare as little as possible <laughs> and i said hey if we have guests do the I preparation mean, thanks for air- <laughs> thanks for airing out some dirty laundry i mean i i can't, I can't uh, deny that that was well was actually I an mean, actual conversation but uh you you are it was part I, of it was admittedly you know, you are uh, a very busy mm. individual. You are not someone who has less <laughs> to do during the pandemic. I don't. So <laughs> other than part obviously of like the social life yeah. and seeing theater of course, and all of the, of course, of the course, things course, that one, course. you know. But also guests are fun. And today we fun. have Absolutely. Culture Vulture, as I'm going to refer to him a hundred times on this uh, particular episode, uh, Kyle Thomas Hemingway. And we're, yeah, we're looking forward to having a little chat with him and hearing what musical he brought to discuss with us. And I have never met Kyle Thomas yeah. Hemingway, so yeah. I will be meeting him for the first time in the Zoom yeah. room. Which is like kind of fun. And we talked it about how fun, I, yeah. I had probably like, I had like met Mark, uh, but like, you know, Amidst a bajillion other people at like a yeah, Tim at like a big social gay brunch. gathering, so I think it was, it was a big gay brunch. Yeah. It was like surreal and fun to like essentially meet someone on your on your podcast. So and yeah. then and then uh, agree with him about yeah. the horrible musical <laughs> called Rent that they're getting ready to celebrate they with. Ju- what is it like the thirtieth? No, the twenty fifth anniversary, and they just they just had it. Actually, Kyle and I oh. talked about it. He uh, he watched it. So yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Andy Mantis, my one of mm. my probably my main Broadway boyfriend, yeah. was uh, Instagramming about it a lot. Okay, so okay. that's that's how I was aware of it. Yeah, I um, said, but I asked Kyle. I was like, Daphne didn't sing, did she? <laughs> I think she did. Anyway, oh. this is coming from a place. Was it of, all the old? Was it all? The, I don't the, know. The, the we can ask him if we, have, or... if we have. Oh. A, we, I'm, we have a packed schedule, but, uh, but we do we, have a packed schedule. Um. Yeah, no, I say that the from last... a place of love. Full disclosure, I love me some Daphne of Ruben you Vega, do. including her work in Wild Things, the movie, which I just recently rewatched. Oh my God, is that the Kevin Bacon thing? <laughs> yeah, a lot of twists and, and, and turns. And, oh, and, Campbell, and Nev Campbell, and, uh, Denise Richards, like it's it's worth a, it's worth a rewatch. I have never <laughs> seen that. What? Film. Oh my no, God, do yourself I remember a favor. it really well, but I haven't seen it. Now, so has anyone should... done Wild Things the musical? That's I should I, I'm gonna to I'm gonna rewind on that one. We it's need campy we, as hell. <laughs> it I'm sure. I mean, you can tell from the I can I can remember the poster. There's, yeah, like, oh, and there's a, in the water, all, right? Yeah. They're all in the water. Well, yeah, and they're like riding those like airboats. Uh, yeah, and then there's like all of this like really cheesy music. like um 
uh, like hardcore like lesbian sex scene in the pool. I mean, not hardcore. So I should have said Hard- softcore. This <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is definitely softcore. This was like an eighties, wasn't no, it? Like late eighties or no, early nineties like or late something. Late nineties. It was late nineties. Yeah. 90s? yeah. Really? I might have even seen it in the theater, but yeah. And then the mother is very campy. She has some scene where she's like, my daughter does not get raped in Blue Bay. It's like, it's, it's a very ridiculous. The entire thing is just What absurd. a fascinating line to just pop out. Yeah. Pop well, out there. Well, sorry. I mean, it, it's intriguing. I mean, it's certainly intriguing. Now you're all, you're all intrigued. Wait, who's the other male lead? It's Kevin Bacon and, oh, and um, Matt uh, Dillon. Matt Dillon. Yeah, who's oh looking fine. He's looking fine yeah. in there. Yeah. 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 Well, there's so much buildup now for Kyle. There's something it's coming. Like, it's like waiting something for good. Madonna to get on stage. I'm so not Madame worth it. Tour. No, you are so worth it. <laughs> oh, so, hi, Kyle. Hello. Hi, Kyle. Hi. I want to say a couple nice things about you first. I would love if you did. I know it's out of character, but I'm going to do <laughs> it. It really so, is. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, if I woke up with my head zone to the carpet, um, I would not be as surprised as you saying something nice about me. So when Tim and I sat down to brainstorm guests for season two of this little dog and pony show podcast, uh, I went through my mental Rolodex and my brain immediately jumped to the one and only Kyle Thomas Hemingway. Of everyone in my artist circle of friends and colleagues, there is no one, truly no one more knowledgeable of musical theater than Kyle, except possibly our friend, uh, our mutual friend, Ben Rommelauer. I was actually thinking, I don't know, do you know Ben, Kyle? or no? I know ben? of him. Okay. Yeah, I was actually thinking I like I'd like to see the two of you go like head oh, to head. Oh god, sometime. that would be like, so much fun. Like get some, some like old 70s game show buzzer. I'm afraid like, like all we would do is talk about Luann's cabaret show though. So like Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, we would have to do like we'd have to get past that first. Right. And, uh, but then and then I'll st- and then I would start like firing off like obscure Liza and Betty Buckley uh, questions. Yeah! And, like see who wins. Um so in addition to being a total smarty pants, you're just great. Uh, and love all things camp and bravo, of course. Uh, you already got a little bravo in there with uh, Luann's cabaret <laughs> show. And you're also a really great queen to go to the theater with. Uh, we may or may not have seen a stage version of A Clockwork Orange together. Uh, Which, yeah. by the way, featured one of my Broadway oh, wait, boyfriends, Matt this? Doyle. Oh, yeah, but what was the like oh. lead guy's name? Um. He was British, though. He came from. Yeah. He came from. He was a uh, oh, slice and of he, something. Oh my God! His yeah. name was I mean, all my wedding. Sadly, <laughs> sadly. Remember when he um, walked he down really, and we both just like basically clutched our pearls. We were well, there was a puddle. John and I got front row tickets because I was oh, like, yeah, we we're, were going like, to be. We're go- maybe oh, were you okay? Five, yeah. like third. We yeah, were in the front row, right, and we. Were, yeah, I yeah. was just like, please sweat on me. Yeah. Um. Did you guys watch Hunters? By the way, the the I think it was on. Amazon. It was really. It yeah. was also Logan Lerman was in it, who's like an, uh, one of my Hollywood boyfriends. But um, you didn't watch that? No, no, I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's a really interesting show about like these, which is based on a real thing that happened, like Nazi hunters in the seventies oh. that that went after Nazis that relocated to the United States wow. and were working in various places in government, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he is one. He is like one of the big heavies um, in the show. 
this that the, guy. This is I the can't yummy, fucking this is remember the, his name. The yummy Brit you're talking about. The yummy Brit yeah. that's that was the featured actor in Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah the main huh. actor, the protagonist. Well, yes. it could be one of our many rewinds. Yes. Uh, anyway. Yeah, right. Anyway, yes. Um, I should also mention the other night we were chatting, uh, Kyle and I, that our last... Uh, our last theatrical experience, mutually pre-COVID, was seeing Erica Jane as Roxy Hart in Chicago in January 2020, following a truly bottomless brunch. Um, yeah. So, hi. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, who are you? How do we know you? How did we That's meet? A... <sighs> Jesus, Scott. First of all, am I am I allowed to curse on this show? Of okay, course. Is a... Of course. Okay. I have like a I'm toilet just... mouth on. This. I'm just making sure. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> so Scott, how did we meet? I was footloose and fancy free on a weekend in P Town. Mm. Um, fired up my scruff, <laughs> not looking for anything necessarily. I was staying on a friend's sofa, and then I saw yeah. this handsome man, and I was like, "Who are these blue eyes? What's going on here?" And um, who are you and talking about? How exactly? dare you? Oh, <laughs> And then we hung out for the rest of the weekend, and yeah. it was, like, so much freaking fun. Yeah. Um, I think I, we we basically, like, went right into talking about musical theater and opera. Yeah. Like, literally yeah. on scruff. And it was like, we, there I, were no yeah. dick pics, there was no anything. No. It was just like, what? You work at the Met? I love musical theater like, and no, opera. I have, a, I have a Renee story. Like, there was that time I got drunk and danced with um, Natalie Dessay in the Theater oh de Chatelet in Paris, like, to Beyonce that while she smoked a cigarette. It was wild. Um, so, yeah. So, like, we just got to talking about <laughs> opera and, and theater on Scruff. And then we were like, I'll see you at Tea Dance. And then we yeah. just were, like, inseparable yeah. for the rest of the weekend. And I think, like, actually met, yeah, at the boat slip. So. Yeah. Yeah. Another um, bottomless uh, another bottom oh we my god those, a lot together <laughs> yeah i was like this is gonna be an ongoing thing but yeah that punch <laughs> that like planters punch oh yeah is like that can you you make that mistake once that's like you you drink two of those and you're done i mean i've made that <laughs> mistake. i haven't been to p-town in oh i'm actually in honor i'm like i'm oh, wearing god bless. Look at that multiple p-town uh things. oh my god you, you're a p-town reveal into a p-town that's that isn't it too I know, much with P-town. contrasting blues <laughs> <laughs> i was like i did oh. it i did it i did it on purpose um wow uh, well let's talk about your career i want to be like fancy and talk about business women special so you went to school at emerson <laughs> i did um since you're a singer and performer yourself, I was always under the mistaken impression that you had a performance degree, but right. cut to me stalking your website a couple weeks ago <laughs> to find that your degree is actually a Bachelor of Arts Visual and Media Arts with an emphasis in new media. Did you Correct. choose Emerson specifically for that degree? I did. Um, I um, I don't know why. Um, I no, that's a lie. I I want. I'm from Massachusetts. Are you I from Massachusetts? I to be in Boston. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, and I knew I wanted to be in Boston, and I loved um that Emerson would allow me to sort of study. I knew I wanted to do some kind of like web design, graphic design, like something like that. Um, and Emerson was the only non art school that I applied to, and I really liked that kind of like um. Whole well-roundedness of that liberal arts like moment like I yeah. could take like a couple theater classes or I could take um I have like a like a minor in the sociology of world dance because that's some bullshit that they let me do 
for credit hours. <laughs> like, I don't know how or why. Um, I'm still, you know, uh, over a decade later, like trying to figure out what new media means because I don't really know, but I have a degree in it and I've been employed since I got out of college. So like, thank oh God, God for that knock on wood. So you don't ask too many questions. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and exactly. It's, a fast, it's obviously a fast moving landscape too. <laughs> concept of oh, completely. Yeah. Like anything I studied is like completely obsolete already. It's <laughs> like, it's just right, 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 right. on the job training. It's like, I, I joke with my boss all day. It's like, if I don't know something, I just watch a lot of YouTube videos and then I figure out how to do it. And that's <laughs> well, essentially isn't been that, my whole isn't, career. <laughs> isn't that life anyway? Like, it I'm really is. Like, uh, how hard can plumbing and, and electrical work be? And it's like <laughs> cut to me nine hours later doing something I shouldn't to my apartment. Didn't you almost like blow up your kitchen once or something? Or you did blow uh, up your kitchen? I definitely did some like home plumbing work uh, and then like <laughs> did some rewiring. But yeah, it's, still, you, it's always like, well, how hard can it be? And then it's like eight hours mm-hmm. I'm in tears. So, like it eventually happens. But yeah, anyway. I love confident um, people. <laughs> falsely, falsely. True. Over, overly confident. Um, yeah, that's so interesting that you went to uh, the well-rounded aspect. That was definitely something that I was yeah. seeking as well. Like not the conservatory uh, environment, but yeah, yeah, like being able to like take some rando classes. I think I took like a class in like Russian women's literature and that was like fabulous. And I really think that those things like inform your your craft. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like um, I, I used to be an admission counselor at Emerson as well. So like I had a lot of the like, you know, Oh, hi, like this is going to come like, pay us millions of dollars to come to the school. But it was like, I, I truly did believe that at the end of the day, no matter what you were studying, um, you know, journalism, acting, um, creative writing, anything like that, it, it was all different facets of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do feel sort of as a designer, um, I, I'm telling stories visually. I'm telling someone else's story if I'm laying out a magazine article or designing the branding for an event. And I really do um, believe that all of those weird little extra interests that I have um, have really served my craft. Like until I, so I, I currently, you're probably going to get to this. I currently work at MIT Technology Review, which is a magazine out of MIT about technology and things I don't understand at all. But the previous decade of my career has been spent um, in-house and uh, consulting, doing design and marketing for um, theater companies and opera companies and orchestras. And um, that really, you know, it, it takes a special uh, interest to, I feel, do that successfully. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, it's like you have a leg you, up, like having such a strong... If you don't know strong... anything about, right. If you don't know anything mm-hmm. about these things, you can't design for them. You can't market them. Um, so that was that was really um, a lot of fun while it lasted. <laughs> Well, like you said, you, you know, you're, you are a decade in and, uh, and I, you know, I looked up some of your, uh, your client list and it is a pretty wide range in terms of like, uh, the arts, uh, museums, classical music, institutions, theaters, is there like, um, a sort of most memorable client or project that you worked on that, that, that you might be willing to share with us? Without question, um, the most memorable project I ever worked on, I was 20. Um, and I was the uh, contract freelance designer for MCC Theater Off-Broadway while they were still at the Lord okay, yep, before they yep. moved their new space. And um, I don't know how MCC, I MCC, you said? MCC, yeah. Um, yeah. MCC. Like, I think they might have thought I wasn't a college undergrad student, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I, and anyway, I landed this gig and I did, um, like the key art and all the promo for, um, for two shows for them for one of their seasons. And one of them was, 
uh, the third story by and starring Charles Bush, um, oh. featuring Kathleen oh my Turner. <gasps> Shut which... the front door. I I have okay. The you had me at Charles Bush, <laughs> right? So. And then Kathleen Turner shows up. I have the signed yeah. playbill by the whole cast like framed on my desk, and I'm like, I've been chasing the high of that project. <laughs> for 13 years and it's like totally. my career peaked when i was 20 and everything's been coasting downhill <laughs> oh, since then um, oh it God. was the wildest fucking ride ever they had yeah. done a production in la somewhere mm-hmm. and they were um it wasn't like a straight transfer but it was like kind of a transfer and um so i literally all i had was like a couple production photos from that production and like a two-page list of of um things that ms bush uh (laughs) needed improved about images of her Mm. um we needed like i so i very quickly learned a lot of photo retouching about cinching waists and and feminizing the face and all of these things to to do the so it was this like 30s b movie send-up kind of thing and so totally the poster kind of evoked that like you know betty davis joan crawford Mm -hmm. style of Mm -hmm. of mgm um um golden era films and um and then the whole the whole thing was just a big fucking picture like the one picture that kathleen turner like allowed to be used of her which at the time was like already 15 20 years out of date (laughs) <laughs> and it like when, when I showed up to see that fucking show, I was like, "You don't, ma'am. You do not look like that, ma'am, ma'am." Um, and she was she was moving real slow, and she had a I think a German accent at one point. They were all playing multiple characters, and um, and it was one of like the wildest, craziest. Um, oh my god! Times and I was twenty, and I was like, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. I fully yeah, like appreciated yeah. or processed like. The well, how can of you? Sure, right. of course, yeah. at that age. Like, I mean, my my literally my first ever internship was at this place called Theater on the Square in Indianapolis, Indiana, and it was like a drag production of whatever happened to Baby Jane, and it was oh my it was literally like what, like what is happening right now? But um, oh my god, like I'm yeah. so jealous of that experience uh and charles bush we we really haven't actually talked about charles bush on this podcast at all but no. i've seen several of his plays down at uh his sort of artistic home of uh what is it theater on the uh, theater for the new city down in the east village yeah um but yeah they're a hoot, hoot. i love him I'm, i love his whole yeah. sensibility totally I'm, 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 yeah, just to be contrary, of course, because that's what I do here. Is, <laughs> that's your role. Everybody's got to have I'm, their role. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a Charles Ludlum fan, and unfortunately, mm. Mr. Ludlum is no longer alive, but um, that sensibility is, there. there's a similarity between them for sure, but I, but I find um, like the Charles Ludlum sort of ridiculous mm. theater more, more, I don't know, for me, it, it's, there's a stronger sort of take well, than Charles Bush, yeah. but devil's advocate. The Charles Bush, it's very specific, and yeah. uh, and if you're like you know a lover of camp, you're like gonna jump on board the Charles Bush wagon. Exactly, and all of the yeah. like specific references oh, yeah. that he makes, they're just like I love all of those movies. I love all of mm-hmm. those. You know, <clears throat> so to right, see them right. lampooned so specifically, mm-hmm. like that's that's what I get off on. I'm not necessarily like. I don't care that it's not original. It's like, that's the, I love that shit for a reason. Give me more of that shit. Yeah. Cause all those people are dead. So 
whatever. Right. Totally. And I have to um, thank Charles so much for um, for giving us. Um, Mm, Julie Halston for giving us Julie Halston oh Julie Halston because she is one of my favorite goddamn actresses that shows up in everything and Mm. you never expect her to and she was some like (laughs) random like finance woman who was like friends with Charles when he was doing like Vampire Lesbians of Sodom oh yeah like in the um in like the bar you know but before he found like theaters when he was doing like just the shit in like the dive bars and they were friends and he was like come do this play with me at midnight. And she's like, I'm not an actress. And now she's like (laughs) that like iconic character from sex on the city. She's like a million like cameos and movies that you'd recognize her from. And she's had like a legit like Broadway career. Um, and I think she's, Oh, I have to look, I love to look her up because I don't know her by name. Yeah. Well, he definitely like has a great eye for like, yeah, yeah, like character actors, like in like, you know, he's definitely one of those people that like keeps, you know, he's got his like, you know, he's got his like circle of actors. He's got his little stable, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's almost like a theater troupe. Like that's yeah. that's why I would yeah. say reference Charles Ludlow because it's very similar in that way. So when you were at Emerson, did you did you perform there in addition to um, your focus on the vi- like in visual not arts at and new Emerson. media? Um, I I did a couple like um sort of fringe things, sort of like in and around Boston. Okay. Um, but I never performed at Emerson. Um. I had uh, not mono, but something like mono that they kept saying was like mono the like the summer before my freshman year at Emerson. Okay. And uh, I kept on having to go back home on a monthly basis to get an ultrasound on my spleen because for oh. like eight months, like my spleen was like precariously enlarged. And oh. before I went off to college, my doctor told me, don't drink and don't play yeah. sports. And I was like, well, one of those you're not well. going to worry about. <laughs> like, that's okay. <laughs> like, um, I'm not going to pick up, like, lacrosse or something. Right. Um, but it was basically, like, I could rupture my spleen and die if I, like, got tackled or something. Oh. But that also, like... This was before um, freshman year? Yeah. And that, like, oh, prevented me from, like, girl. going on dance calls for like the school shows. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I had so many times I would go to the auditions and they'd be like, Oh, like we like you. We want to cast yeah. you. Like, can you come do this tap call? And I was like, yeah, I might sure rupture can't. my spleen and die. And they were oh like, better God. luck next time. So I never really got in that like performing scene. Yeah. Um, Cause by the time I was like able to go to a dance call, they had already kind of like formed their click and done their Settled thing. And so, um, so I was just yeah. like, fine. Like, I'll just like go look at, huh. you know, auditions in the, in the community and in Boston. And, um, and so I did a couple shows that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And you know, it's so funny. My what senior happened? year. Sorry. My se- we have to ask oh, yeah. about your spleen. Yeah. Like what happened You're to here. your spleen? You're talking to us. So like, yeah. well, I'm here. I'm alive. One day, like I went, to do the monthly ultrasound and they were like okay it's it's regular sized again you don't have to come back and do the ultra and i was like i felt completely fine i had no other symptoms except this weird spleen thing and i was like what how the fuck does this happen <laughs> how did they know yeah. how, does how, this did, how they know? did they know that you had an yeah. enlarged spleen originally i lit i have no idea i think that <laughs> i don't know if they like felt it and oh. then they were like let's look into this further or they did an x-ray or oh something I, I honestly blocked so much of that out but yeah um i like I am a very hirsute gentleman. And let me tell you, <laughs> the goop that they put all over you when you get an ultrasound <laughs> at 7.30 in the morning on a Friday, um, and then you have to drive back to Boston to go to your 10 a.m. like 
freshman writing seminar, um, like, I didn't get to take a shower after that. Like, I got, like, a, a warm <laughs> towel and, like, a thank you. Um, so you're, like, And it was gooped. real disgusting. I was, I was literally gooped. It was disgusting. And, oh, like, my God. Then it gets crunchy well. and it's just not cute. It's not a good look. Mm. Mm. Um, but, yeah, literally no idea how I got it, <laughs> what it so even was, to say. Yeah. where it went. Uh, guess what? Bodies are fucking <sighs> weird. Bodies they are sure are, weird. Scott. All right, all my right. senior Sorry, year, I, just, I, had, I had to I had, ask I had, because that my, was... I had senior senior year. I got mono, and at, at the time, I had um, I had a uh, I was in a ballroom dancing class, and I got because of, of course it. you were. Yeah. The, the I mean, obviously, because I am a straight <laughs> man. I am a straight man. I was in I, like dancing. I don't know how I got mono because it's like who the hell was I kissing? Like I went to Catholic school for thirteen years. Like. <laughs> it's not like I was just like running around with the boys. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. going on here? That's bizarre. Yeah. Well, we're glad that your spleen resolved <laughs> Thank itself. You so yes. much. You're, it's yes. all been leading up you're to here, this moment. You're here to tell the story. <laughs> yes. But it did. It did. It did hold you back from performing did, ever so did. slightly. But you still do occasionally perform. Yes, I do. Yes. So I um. I so yeah so while I was in while I was in college I did um I did like I did an Into the Woods um okay. who I did, did you this, play um, who did you play well that time I played narrator mysterious man oh um, nice and the biggest compliment was that someone's mother in the cast didn't know that it was the same actor playing both of them and I was like that's because I'm a professional oh. honey work <laughs> um uh, I did this um this little five person adorable musical called I Sing. Um, okay. like some selections of it, like hit around like YouTube now and then it's very like excerptable for cabarets, but it's like a, it's kind of a terrible show. Like as a unit, it needs a mm-hmm, lot of editing, mm-hmm. um, yeah. much the way I feel about rent. Um, oh, but, um, <laughs> that is for, that is like fortuitous. You made Amazing. that comment because we have okay. now spoken to, about rent multiple times. First in an episode with Tim and I, and then actually our very last episode was somebody coming <gasps> on to defend rent to essentially to. It's Tim. indefensible. So, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, to I'm, more, exactly. I'm more in the pro rent camp with some footnotes, but yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um. So yeah. So I did. I did a couple fun little shows, but then um. I feel like my my sensibility as a person and as a performer, um, I like I'm not I'm not a male I'm not a young male romantic lead. Um, so <laughs> I've literally been kind of like biding my time until I can do like an mm. Alban or an Ursula or like a like I've always <laughs> wanted to play Mrs. Mears, but I feel like the boat has sailed on Thoroughly Modern Millie because that is just a racist pile of crap that, like, we need to do a (laughs) lot of editing to before we revive. But, um, like, I feel like that, like, I am, like, a... I'm a Chris Sieber or like a Brooks Ashmanskis and, like, there's no place for, like, a... There's no place for, like, a... Like, a a late 20-something Brooks Ashmanskis. Like, he is, Mm -hmm. like, permanently, like, 45. Totally. And I'm just, like, waiting to get to that place in my career. So until then, I've been doing some... I've been doing a lot of solo show stuff. I've been doing a lot of cabaret. um, uh, Well, we... Mostly just sort of, like, songs and skits and telling stories about my lesbian mother and all of these good, fun things. Well, you came in the right place because... Right? I know a thing or two about cabaret. (laughs) <laughs> I've heard that about you. Yeah. Um, speaking of Luann, way pivot, pivot there. Well, cabaret I, I... into Real Housewives. Uh, you know, you you are a lover of 
the Real Housewives. I yes. am. It's What's true. your favorite city? Oh God! It, this is like Sophie's choice. This is terrible. I new know, ones are popping but you got day. You got to answer the question. It it's always New York for me. It's like yeah. that was my first one. That was my gateway. Mm. I have spent so much time with those women. And um, <laughs> and speaking of Luann, <laughs> I actually I got Truly. like low key alcohol poisoning at her cabaret when she came to the Wilbur Theater in Boston. <laughs> oh, so you saw? Oh, so you saw her? I lot. totally. I paid way yeah, more money than anyone that. should to go see that woman's yeah. cabaret from like the <laughs> rafters and um Did you guys she... wouldn't understand this because yeah. you live in civilization but in boston <laughs> we have very backwards thinking about um alcohol and okay. so like you Walk can't do happy this. hour in boston and massachusetts you can't serve doubles um you oh, can't that's right like, every time i'm really, there i'm yeah. like there's a weirdly specific it's like rules. utah so <laughs> the theater that she was at um, I don't know if they just, like, say fuck it or whatever, but, like, they serve doubles there. Um, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Did you I'll know to... you were consuming doubles? Intellectually, <laughs> I knew I was consuming doubles, but yeah. sort of, like, emotionally, spiritually, no, no I didn't. Um, so I kept on going back to the bar and getting another one, uh, like, yep. a, just a double gin and tonic sucking it down like it was a single and then by by the time i got to maybe like my fifth or sixth double gin and tonic oh my god i went back to the seats and i was there with my best friend will and i look at him and i'm like that bitch bartender did not put any gin in this one and she (laughs) took my money and he sipped it it. and he was like sweetie that's all gin and i was like oh no oh my god Wait, and so then of the, course we the went show to, going on at this point the show was or? going up but like luann okay. like does luann performs in maybe like 20 percent of yeah. her own show and, and she, then she's got like comics mostly and like hosting quote stuff, right? broadway talent which is like she had like <laughs> god bless him she had like the understudy for billy flynn in chicago come and do out with her and she's like <laughs> it's billy kid. flynn from chicago and i was like his bio yeah, says he's the under no. like he's like the you know he's the thursday matinee Billy Flynn, like, God bless him. Um, <laughs> but we then went to the bar afterward for more drinks afterward. And then I, like, I absolutely woke up Peace on my bathroom out. floor. Like, my husband was just like, what, <laughs> like, what did happened? you do? Oh, my How God. did this so happen? You... But, yeah, so I actually, I, quote, saw her yeah. um I was going to say, do you remember? I, do you remember the I show? I do. I mean, she sang, um, she sang Fever. Um, you gave me and, Fever. Um, but it's Nailed more like there was, no, the there was no R in the word. Yeah. She was like, Fever. <laughs> Viva! And of course, like, there's no auto-tune when she's doing a live show, so it was like, it was a lot of, Rough. you know, um, <laughs> she was uh, Henry Higginsing a lot of these songs, and um, <laughs> and she had on her Giovanni gown, and it was beautiful, but oh, um, I was just, like, so excited to be in wow. the same room as her, and her, like, weird energy. Um, yeah. But wow. yeah, but I've, I've, I've loved that damn show since, like, what, 2009 it came on? I, 2010? I think so, that something. sounds right. Yeah. Well, that answer that was a that was a it was a trick question, but you answered it correctly. Real oh Housewives well, thank God. York. So I, I, I always I often try to stump you with <laughs> with musical theater, and I never I never do because it's like I'm always like, oh my God, did you see this? And it's like, yep, yep. Well, what about this? Yep, yep, yep. So I was curious if you knew that there was a Real Housewives musical. Oh, the the Instagram account. No. But there's I want to know more about that in a second. 
but there was an actual stage musical. musical. (gasps) Yes. Um, I was looking this up like yesterday or something. It was the, it's the real housewives of Toluca Lake. Um, (laughs) it's on, it's on stage rights available to license. Um, on the page, there's a news clip from like local ABC in LA, which includes some brief clips from the show. I'm mysterious. I like to get around. I have a sultry accent and I like the way I sound. We're powerful women. We stick together most of the time, but sometimes there is some catfighting that goes on. And that's where the fun begins. Got a new nose. New lips. We all play these very different, fabulously unique, amazing women of culture, of class. Of course, if you've seen The Housewives, you know they're classy. It's a lot of like canned pre-recorded music and like... Hella jazz square is going on. Um, this happened at the Falcon Theater in Toluca Lake. Uh, songs include Strap It On, Bounce oh, It, oh. Moroccan Meet the Wives, and Bitch of the Ball. Here's a synopsis for you. They shop, brunch, and drink white wine with lunch, and now the Real Housewives are ready to make their debut on your stage. Grab a glass of Pinot and watch the girls lie, cheat, and sing their way to the top of the social ladder. Tailor the name of the show to fit your city and watch everyone's favorite guilty pleasure come to life in song and dance. Your audience will laugh in recognition of local restaurants, street names, and other insider gossip from around your own town in this delicious musical parody of America's Secret Guilty Pleasure. That's yeah. So you didn't know that categories. The the licensing categories are like um, small band. Oh yeah, doubling no, doubling no. possibilities. No doubling. No, no doubling. Yeah. Um. There was um, no band. It's all pretty. Uh, great for dinner theaters. Mm-hmm. Um. Big <clears throat> dinner theaters. Wow, that's yeah. aggressive. I will make sure that I will send you that link. Please yeah. do, because I mean, I. So you what, know. what? What is the Instagram thing? Oh, so there's there's this Instagram account. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now. You can like do it in a correction next week. Um, yeah. but after every week, like for the past year or so, when there has been um uh, an actual episode aired of like uh, Jersey or New York or Beverly mm-hmm, Hills, mm-hmm. um, these these songwriters take like the most dramatic moment from that episode and. Oh. turn it into like an I want song yeah, basically. Yeah, 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 so it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, um, um, the, the vibrator and the chicken at Ramona's house or like, like things like that. There's like, and there's these, <laughs> he has sort of like his own Charles Bush repertory company of these women who sing the songs. So there's yeah, always yeah. like, it's like, there's a Luann and a Sonia and it, it's hysterical. Oh God, I think that amazing. they've been featured on, on watch out. what happens live. It's really, okay. it's so funny. And some of the oh moments God. you're just like, this is like literal Broadway caliber, like taking this situation oh, totally. and musicalizing it. Like it is, it's very intelligent songwriting. Definitely figure out what that is. Yeah. So we can, we can uh, share that with our listeners. We recently mm-hmm. did a little bit of a deep dive on like the TikTok musicals, uh, uh, the Ratatouille. I've heard those exist. The, the grocery, yeah. the grocery store one. Do you know about this? So hell no. Yeah. It's so, somebody did like a, it's, it's like very, Dear Evan Hansen-y uh, guy okay. singing in the middle of a grocery store. And then it's like all these people sort of pile <clears throat> on and it becomes like this big sort of production number. But yeah, it's, pretty it's pretty entertaining. I believe it. Really it. Is. And it's and it's like, what, two minutes? Yeah. If Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So I want to. I mean, the I, this idea of like that 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 kind of writing is so fascinating to me. I mean, other if Michael, our producer, was the one who told us about that, yeah. as well as the sea the sea, the shanty, sea shanty, re, which I had that re, shit in my revival. I think I texted or revival. emailed Michael. I had that in my head for days. It was so Same. catchy, so catchy, so catchy. But I so also just love a it, sea shanty. So oh, I don't think that <laughs> I mentioned that it is. You know <laughs> that, that how that how like how Apple and Spotify have their like, you know, hundred top hundreds yeah, and, like and you can go to a country. country. Yeah. Yeah. So I found two different sea shanties. One in the UK was on the top hundred and one in Germany. Oh of course. my God. They, I brought they, like, like sea remix, to just get like super dance big. remix and yeah. regular sea shanty. Oh my so God. that's so. amazing. Wow. So I always wanted uh, to do a cabaret of sea yeah, shanties. Sea shanties. Chantilly clad. <laughs> and like also make it a burlesque evening maybe like, how many co- i was gonna ask how many costume changes are there going to oh be? at least 30 yes <laughs> <laughs> it's like just an like anchor that. is the I finale look i guarantee you somebody would get blackout drunk at that cabaret <laughs> well we'll serve oh them god. double gin and tonics exactly they'll be like oh my god have you seen the sea shanty cabaret it's fucking amazing <laughs> oh my god if luann can do it we can all do it um mm. we are we we're, we're talking about musicals we are right? talking about musicals so this we're is a wonderful musicals. opportunity we're talking about musicals so every I... every every guest we have there's a sort of standard set of questions and i think i think maybe tim would like to take the lead and i love that past yes you. i i um so i am the kind of like negative nancy on the show about musicals in general i don't necessarily love even though, even though he I writes just them, automatically love musicals. Yes, and I didn't really that much growing up any either. But having said that, there was a musical, of course. I think it was the first musical that I was ever in, uh, and it was probably the first musical that I ever saw on television. And so we've kind of realized that there seem to be these two camps of people who, when you when you speak to people about what their fir- what their introduction to musicals was sort of the big musicals of the big movie musicals, they generally have fallen into two camps, which are either mine, which is the wizard of Oz, which was a, which was a, you know, faithful annual thing that the family <coughs> did and sat down and watched, um, or the sound of music. Mm-hmm. So those it's seem to mine. be the two big circles. There's also someone had mentioned, um, what is it called? Willy Wonka. Is that the name of it? God, Charlie no, and the chocolate because of the Tim. That's the name of it. Yeah. No. Are you sure? The original one? I don't know. Is With it Willy Gene Wonka Wilder? and the Chocolate Factory? I think yeah. it's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <clears throat> yeah, because I think I think Charlie and the Chocolate Factory um, is a Tim Burton me. thing, I believe. Yes. That and one. and Candyman and all of those yeah. songs. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I um the world. And I've got a golden ticket. Yeah, um, totally Sound of Music it. or Wizard of Oz. Do either are either of those your introduction to musicals? And were they major events in your family, or was it something else? Or not? Does this not apply to you? Um, I have uh, both of those were very important to me. I will I will start okay. out by saying that. <clears throat> um, I have two, and th- neither of them are those two. Oh, Um, Oh, okay. One of them them. was the Leslie Ann Warren Cinderella. I don't even remember that she did Cinderella. Don't know what you're talking about. So between the Brandy Cinderella and the original Julie Andrews Cinderella, there was a made-for-TV Cinderella, just like the Julie Andrews one, so live, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, soundstage, mm -hmm. um, starring Leslie Ann Warren as Cinderella. Ginger Rogers as the Queen. 
When was when did this happen? I want to say like fifties or sixties. Okay, late fifties, wow. early sixties. Um, very young Leslie Ann Warren. Like I was going to say, she must um, have been yeah. very young then. And um, and it was like I don't know why I had it on VHS. We like must have taped it off TV or something, mm-hmm. and I like wore that fucking thing out. But the world is full of zanies and fools who don't believe in sensible rules and won't believe what sensible people say. And because these daft and dewy-eyed dopes keep building up impossible hopes, impossible things are happening every day. Um... So there was that, and then there was this very strange... I found it on YouTube recently because I had these weird, like, childhood memories of it. There was this strange, um, like, very off-brand Sleeping Beauty live-action musical um, with Morgan Fairchild. What? From, like, the late 80s. And it was, like, shot in Greece for, like, a buffalo nickel. And... (laughs) All of oh, and Jane Wideland from the Go Go's is in it as well. Oh um, my God, this is so. And random. you're like, what is? It was. It's. It sounds like a fever dream, but I promise you, it you really can find does. it on the internet. I'm like, um, I disbelieve it, that this happened. It was this like weird like Greek production company that was just taking these like um, public domain stories mm-hmm. and writing like bad musicals about <laughs> them. The queen's filling the royal pond with her tears. Why is she so sad? She wants to have a child. First a girl becomes a woman, then becomes a bride. One day she hears children laughing, stirring something deep inside. Busy ladies at their spindles make it- Um, and putting, it was sort of like, um, it sort of had the production quality of like a Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theater. Um, and again, I think it was probably like on the Disney channel on like a free preview weekend or something. And we taped it off of that. And I just had these two VHSs in my house as an only child. And those were what we watched that. So like, you're like, so which one? We watched Sound of Music. We watched that. But Mm -hmm. like, I was left to my own devices while like my father was in the basement repairing jewelry because that was his job. And my mother was like somewhere being a secret lesbian. And I just had these VHSs (laughs) of these two weird musicals that I watched constantly. Oh Which God. are both fairy tales. Fascinating. Wow. All right. That, that's um, excellent. Okay, so what's the first live musical, Kyle, that you can remember seeing? And it, it can be, you know, yeah. was it people on stage? High school or whatever. Yeah, was it yeah, whatever, yeah. When I was in second grade, we took the Amtrak from Providence to New York City, and I saw the original company of Beauty and the Beast at the palace Ooh, theater. Wow. Oh, wow. In the old Times Square. In the old oh. Times Square. We stayed oh. direct in the hotel directly next door to the Palace Theater. I don't know. I think it's like a Spring Hill Suites now or something. But it was huh. like, I remember my parents <laughs> telling me like, all we have to do is go out the front door of the hotel and we're right at the theater. And I remember very little about the actual production. But the the thing that is emblazoned in my brain is like, of course, like, it's very on brand of me to be completely, um, um, ungrateful for this incredible experience to be given to me by my parents at such an early age that like we're on Broadway. This is a huge deal. Um, All I can remember is that at intermission, my mother asked me how I was liking it. And I told her 
um, that in the movie, uh, Maurice has two horses drawing his cart through the forest. And on stage, it was this like steam powered engine thing. And I was like, I want to know where the horses are. (laughs) <laughs> like this offended you somehow <laughs> where are the God fucking damn. horses i was Where's promised the she smacked you i was promised horses I she yeah, what did she I'm say sure she, did. she was like listen yeah. you ungrateful little faggot like no this is not how we're gonna do this um yeah so that yeah <laughs> um okay i saw that that's a good one that, yeah, that is a good one because we we've talked about that before mm-hmm. we've talked about when I first got to New York and, and you know, the gaiety theater was right next door yeah. to Beauty and the Beast. And I was like, oh, this is my home. And then <laughs> sadly, like, I of go course, see none that. of that really exists anymore. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, what about you? So you did you perform in musicals in like junior high, high school, yes. grade school? What was your favorite? Yeah, what was the of that f- favorite musical experience that you were a part of? These are all turning into stories about my mother, and I'm sorry. Um, both it's to you okay, and to we're her. working through it. Um, it's all about my mother. Yeah. This is therapy. Um, so uh, my high school, uh, my my junior high didn't really have any sort of theater. So high school was the first kind of um, exposure I had to the ability to act. And uh, my freshman year, they did Godspell. And of course, being a good high school, they added a chorus to it. And I was like, mm. you know what? I've never done this before. I'm not going to like think I'm going to get like a lead in this. I'm just going to go to the chorus audition. So I grabbed the the audition cut, took it home. I started listening to like my mother's record of, of Godspell to teach myself the music. And um, my mother came home and she discovered me doing this. And she said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm practicing for the um, the audition for the, the spring musical. And she said, why are you going to do that? You can't sing. Oh. Well. So... I like crumpled up the piece of paper. I went and I cried and then I never went to the audition. Um, So I I never actually got to to do Godspell. Um, No, that's that's the end of the crying part because then I just become another like really bad person. So the next year, (laughs) fast forward, um, I screw up my confidence and I'm saying like, okay, like we're going to do it this year. So the next year it was your good man, Charlie Brown. And I was like, you know what? Gonna do it. So audition for it. And the same day that the cast list got posted for You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, was the day that my mother had a hysterectomy surgery. And so it was literally like 2.05 p.m. Cast list goes up and my dad picked me up to go to the hospital to visit my mother, like just coming out of her twilight sleep. And I got cast as Linus. Um, And I was very proud of that, that like I didn't just get, you know, unnamed peanut 30 like i got one of the six named characters in the show um so go get to the hospital my mother's like half asleep from having like a very uh uh aggressive surgery on her body and 15 year old me uh says you know hi mom um i'm glad you're okay guess who can't sing now (laughs) i just got cast as the lead in a musical how did it feel when they yanked out your uterus? Oh, I used that my. phrase. I was 15 and I said, yanked out God. your uterus to my mother who had just undergone like a very, very wow. intense surgery. I was, I'm an asshole. Wow. Um, I'm a bad wow. person. I've made it, I've made it up to her since then. I've apologized many times, but, um, but yeah, so that, um, uh, <laughs> that, that I mean, was that the actually first time I was in a musical. Like... That sounds like a line from a play. I, I mean, right? I can, I can, it really, really does. 
and mm-hmm. I can see why that stuck with you. Yeah. You know, I can see why that stuck with yeah. you. So yeah. you've already answered the next question, which okay. is Broadway musical, because oh, you saw yep. you saw Beauty and the Beast. Beast. Um, so this is one of my favorite mm-hmm. questions. Do you have a Broadway boyfriend? Is there is there hmm. someone that you've seen on stage, like either talent or even crush or... or even that you've seen on YouTube, but on stage, you know, mm-hmm. someone. That's mm-hmm. how I found several of my Broadway boyfriends originally, uh, before I saw them live. Some of them, I guess, I saw live. But is there someone that you're just like, oh my god, I would leave, I would do anything, and leave anything or anyone behind to be with? Like I would leave Chris for Jake Gyllenhaal in uh, Oh, that's super in the fair. park. So. Yeah. Um, I, for me, it's always been like a talent crush on, on Gavin Creel's voice. He has Gavin always Creel. been okay, that yeah. gorgeous, like, um, when like, you know, pre like ubiquitous internet, when I would just like show up at a record store and like buy a CD of a musical based on like the cover art. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that's how I bought the Thoroughly Modern Millie cast recording. And I was like, what the, who the fuck is this man? This and guy. his gorgeous, like floaty tenor. And, yeah. um, and yeah, no, he's, and he's just like beautiful too. And he seems like a really he nice really person. Is. Oh, it's very obnoxious. He, but, uh, I saw him in hair, I him in hair and I can, yeah. I saw him, in, yeah, and he was fucking incredible. Was, I mean, obviously, well, that that's was a good one. Thank you. Will that's Swenson, a good one. That is a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so m- I have so many, but I, I he's an interesting one to maybe add to that list. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I missed him somehow. And I many damn it. many borderline stalker <laughs> or just straight up stalker tendencies no 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 no, no, no. um okay so, so we time, when, right? in in preparation for you joining us for this episode we asked mm-hmm. you to think about a either a musical that you loved mm-hmm. or a musical that you hated because those are the things that we talk about here at No Hope the podcast. <laughs> um and and uh so w- since you're only doing one of those two, which yep. one did you decide to do? Did you do love or hate? I chose love. Yay. Nice. That's good. That's good. We like love. <laughs> yeah. We need we need more love. <clears throat> we need more love. And drum roll, please. What did, what did you choose? Controversial. I chose Andrew Lippa's The Wild Party. Ooh, excellent. Yes. I'm here for okay. it. Okay. Here. I guess for we shouldn't it. pretend that we didn't know that. We did know that. <laughs> but why you always got to show people how well, the sauce because gets made, Tim? I guess because later I'm going to, I, I, I mean, have a few things potentially to add to the conversation. Okay. okay. I listened to the score this morning while preparing good, breakfast, good, good, which good. I would not have known or done yep. had we not known in advance. Um, but I still think it's, you know, it's fun to pretend that yeah, we were surprised. Fun to pretend. Uh, I, I'm, I'm <gasps> what? ready. What? The wild party? What? Um, I want, I want, I, I want to hear what you have to say about this. And, yeah, and tell, I it, doubt tell I, us. You'll probably why? cover everything I want to say, but, but uh, so, I'm all ears. Um, I will, I will preface it by saying that, that I, I also love the Lacusa wild party oh, okay. we need to that put it out like on the table high there on my are list two of, of them questions. and yeah. when the when the text hit the public domain 
a lot of people adapted it. And so these two were running concurrently in New York. That answered my question. I was like, it's, it was so <clears throat> odd that in what was it? Spring of 2000, that both yeah. of these hit. And I was like, is, is it a public it's, domain? It's thing? my understanding that it was a public domain thing in the way that like, we're now getting a rash of Gatsby things because that just hit the public yeah. domain. Um, so I, it's, that's my understanding. But okay. um, so uh, Michael John Lacusa had his pu- public theater production transferred to Broadway. <clears throat> Andrew Lippa had his off-Broadway production at Manhattan Theater Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love them both. I Sometimes I actually do prefer the Lacusa version. I think that I, okay. I love Michael John Lacusa just period as a, as a composer. I love everything yep. he's done. Um, but uh, the, um, the Lippa version is, um, it's so important to my development as as both an artist and a lover of musical theater that it's like the emotional um uh feelings i have toward it really are what make it special to me so it's not necessarily that i consider it the better wild party but it's just sort of like i have a lot of like warm fuzzies about it so Mm -hmm. um uh back in high school when um when I was the treasurer of the drama club, because of course in Catholic high school the one gay kid is on the <laughs> board mand- of the drama club. Mandatory, um, obviously. We were um the board was sort of uh responsible for coming up with like the short list of the plays and musicals that we wanted to do to present to like the faculty, um, to to say, oh well this is you know, this is what the kids want to do this year. And so I um again, kind of early internet, I became very um well acquainted with all the licensing websites. Um, so I'm on, you know, MTI, I'm on Tams Whitmark, like all the time looking at their catalogs and learning about musicals. Cause I, I didn't know really a lot about, about musical theater, um, um, history or what the shows are, et cetera. And so at the time on the MTI website, their homepage had this like randomized, feature musical that like it would cycle through like 10 different musicals that they had that like these are our featured musicals and um it would be it would have like the poster and a little description and an automatically playing uh music clip which is like very early aughts internet you show up to a web page and all of a sudden it starts singing at you and so i showed up at the mti website and the show was the wild party and the music clip was Life of the Party, the act two opener oh. uh, sung by Dina Menzel. And yep. it wasn't just like a 15 second clip. It was the whole song. Okay. And so this is pre-Spotify. This is like kind of, you know, Napster, LimeWire era. And yep. so um, I couldn't just immediately go and listen to these songs without like getting to a record store and buying the CD. So mm. I literally would just refresh the page of the MTI website <laughs> so you until it, it randomly got back to the wild party and I would listen to this song again. And I became obsessed with this song. And that's also the way that I discovered the last five years because that was another one of the featured shows yeah. and the song yeah. was Summer in Ohio, sung by Sherry Renee Scott. And I was like, Ugh. that's just, that's a funny-ass song. That's a oh good musical. Well, and so, Renee, like, so. early, I want to say it was probably Amazon, like, early Amazon when it was still, like, just a bookstore mm-hmm. online. Um, I, like, borrowed my mother's credit card and I went and I bought 
the CD to Andrew Lippa's The Wild Party. And when I checked out, they were like, do you want to buy this CD too? And it was the CD for the last five years. And I was like, oh, wow. That's that other show I heard about. So I like bought them together and I like got a couple bucks off or something. And then they showed up at my door and I like ripped the plastic off of the CD case and I died over the, um, the liner notes in it. It was just so beautifully designed in that, like, um, Mm. the, I can't remember who did the campaign for that show. I think it was, uh, Spotco, but it was like these like beautiful kind of, um, almost like daguerreotype cast photos um, that were like very 20s and very gritty and sexy. Mm. And um, and then I threw the CD in my mother's like uh, giant uh, stereo in our living room. And I heard that like that wail of that like muted trumpet in the beginning of the, mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. overture. it was like a different kind of musical for me. Like I didn't understand that a musical could be like contemporary sounding or it could deal with like murder or sex or, Mm -hmm. and in like a, in like a, a way that leans into those things. I feel like Chicago is kind of a musical that like I had seen them, like the movie of Chicago was coming out around the time that I'm discovering a wild party. So it's like, that that kind of like plays at sexy. It's a it it leans into the vaudeville more than like the the sex and the guns and the things. It's like oh like you're more than the grit yeah. exactly. Yeah. And this I is felt a like it was dark. It's it like first, a dark gritty. Story. It's a crazy gritty story, and it's it's um, and I I was used to you know we were talking earlier about Sound of Music and and Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. and happy endings and tap dance yep. numbers and. And this was none of those things. And I, my mind was fucking blown. And it, 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 I just, I I have this vivid recollection of sitting on my mother's like carpeted floor next to the stereo with like giant headphones on, like both of you are wearing right now. And, and just like (laughs) falling in love with this score and, and who the hell is Julia Murney and, and flipping through the book and, and sort of as an aside, um, uh, uh, the branding of Broadway shows and the design of the CD booklets that I would buy and the record stores of cast albums were really what led me to learn what graphic design is and to choose it as a profession. Um, Because I didn't know that graphic design was like a thing that existed, but I was like, well, you know, when when I look at like... Uh, When I go see Phantom of the Opera, the Mm -hmm. picture on the playbill is the same as the album cover is the same as the, you know, Mm -hmm. this someone, it must've been someone's job to, to put all that together. And then I discovered that the, the agency to winters in London was responsible for that. And they had a sister agency in New York called Spotco. Um, and I just like learned everything I could about them. And I was like, oh, I guess this is something I could go to school for. And so that sort of as an aside, like that's, that's really how I got into my career. Um, was these fucking pictures that they took of Julia Murney in like a slip, you know, like with a with a bottle of moonshine in her hand, like kissing on Tay Diggs, also who I I had no idea who any of these people were, yeah. Um, and it was just it blew my mind, and I, and I I've always loved the twenties. I've always been like a Gatsby girl, mm-hmm. and so this was just like right up my alley that it wasn't this like sanitized, um, bright happy ending, uh, show. 
we t- we talked the, on this subject uh, quite a bit, just sort of like what was our our gateway musical to like understanding, like you said, that not every musical is the sound of music. Yeah, and then, you yeah. know, our, our co-writer, like Busy Coy, she talked about for her, it was uh, Bat Boy, the musical. I'm not sure if you mm-hmm. know that one, but, uh, so good. but, uh, so yeah, it's just like super interesting to hear for you that, yeah, it, it sounds like it was like very much the score for you. If I, if I can sort of repeat it was this, score. but then also the fact yeah. that it was this other, like and the subject you know, smaller, yeah, really dark musical. And then once I, um, you know, once I was able to sort of have a little more access to a wider sort of catalog of, of cast albums and listen to more things and, and develop more of a, a sensibility, um, mm-hmm. and I and I discovered the Lacusa version, um, I you know I, I think that it's so interesting that the Lacusa definitely stays more in that um, that twenties oral aesthetic. Yeah, like, it, like it sounds like the twenties consistently the one, throughout. Like there were no electric guitars in in a 1920s house party like that's that's fine we get that right um but there's just something about what he did with the source material that i think is so intelligent and smart and um and the the other thing about the the lipa for me is that um about like at least 30 40 percent of the score is not on the album um there are so many like little vignette moments that are Mm -hmm. just kind of um, non, um, they're, they're non-textual. They're just sounds that people sing. And oh, sometimes wow. they, there are these lines that like run in there. Interstitial type stuff or yes, like yes, overlapping. Kind of like oh, wow. The scene change moments and, yeah. um, and they're creepy and they're weird and you only get them if huh. you actually are, you know, able to see a production of them. And, um, and they, so wait, me- when did, mm-hmm. when did you see a production? So I, um, I, so you, 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 you listened to, you bought the CD in 2000. That's when it came out. Uh, I want to say I got the CD maybe like 2002. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah. So, um, and then, um, the summer before my senior year in high school, uh, we took one of our many day trips on a Saturday to P-Town, um, because I lived, uh, my mother lives in Southeastern Massachusetts. So we're very close to, to the Cape and, um, Uh, my mother, um, when I was a teenager, made all of these friends from all across America on, I kid you not, the Melissa Etheridge message boards on her website. <laughs> I believe that. Because totally as a late-in-life lesbian, how do you yeah. make friends? Melissa Etheridge. Melissa Etheridge message so, board. <laughs> we literally became like a youth hostel for middle-aged lesbians who wanted to go to P-Town but not like pay for a hotel in P-Town. So they would come stay in our house for like yeah. half a week and we would just drive Amazing. down on a Saturday yeah. and hang out and just like go to the t-shirt store. Wow. And so wait, so the, yeah. in P-Town there was a production? No. So I was walking around the stores in P-Town because like I was very mm. embarrassed by this like gaggle of, you know, crop hair lesbians that I was with. I didn't want anything. I was like, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, not I'm with a these newly people. out 18 year old skinny girl. <laughs> oh like I'm just going to live my life. And so I walked into a store <laughs> And they were playing the Andrew Lippard Wild Party. And you were like, like over the PA. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I just walked up to like this, like very cute guy behind the counter who was like, you know, I shouldn't have been flirting with people while I was like 17. But anyway, um, I was like, (laughs) oh my God, I just want to let you know, like, I love this show so much. And he said, oh, that's so cool. So do I. And uh, I go to the Boston Conservatory and we're doing it this fall. Oh, wow. You should come see it. Well, 
The weekend that that production went up at the Boston Conservatory, there was an outbreak of bacterial meningitis at the <gasps> conservatory, um, and a student died. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I never went to see that production because my mother wouldn't let me <laughs> oh near the Boston Conservatory <laughs> while there was a bacterial meningitis outbreak there. Yeah. And it was like one of those like big blowout memorable fights mm. that you had with your parents when you were a teenager. Like that, I was like, I'm getting on the train and I'm going. This is the most like, important no, thing that's not. ever happened. It really like I, world. I had yeah. to, had to, yeah. had to, had to see that see show. This. And, mm. um, <laughs> Never get the chance to. And then so thankfully, when I finally moved to Boston, um, a regional theater um, mounted a production. And um, and so I finally, after mm. like years, wow. do you remember which theater? Years, I was the new repertory theater in Watertown, okay. Massachusetts. Okay. okay. And um, it starred a newly graduated uh, Marla Mindell. I don't um, know. I don't know who she. She um in the in the Broadway sister act. She was the like high belting, okay. like sassy young nun. Okay, she yeah, was but, one yeah, of the. Yeah. She was the not Anne Harada stepsister in the Cinderella revival. Um, mm. the like tall thin one with glasses. Anyway, she's mm. like this like fabulous crazy high belter. Yeah. and um like early YouTube, um she had one like when like YouTube was just happening and there was a lot of like. Um, like Michigan and CCM, like BFA students, just like putting up like yeah, videos of like their recitals or things clips like of that, them screaming um, metal work or something. And, right, and she was one of them, and she uh she had this crazy video of her singing in her senior uh, showcase with her voice teacher, and it was uh it was a mashup that they arranged of um sooner or later and the man that got away. She like she like screlts like into the stratosphere, and I remember mm. a friend sending me this video and saying, "Hey, this girl is coming to Watertown to play Queenie in the Wild Party." And I was and like, "Oh, like, I must see this." I'm in. Um, and um, and actually, it's funny because I I was still a, an undergrad at the time, and now like a lot of people who were in that production have become like very have good friends on. of mine over the over time of oh, like, I see, me I working see. in the industry but um but i remember just like they were i was like what is this this is incredible it was mm. beautiful and um and i was so excited to just finally get to see a goddamn production of the show and um it doesn't seem and, like it's done often yeah i feel like it's so it's you, such i was a gonna ask you because i actually haven't seen it. this because yeah. it's just it doesn't seem to pop no up but like, as somebody who's seen it can did you why why do you think that is that um i think the explicit often? sexual content yeah. probably people shy away from that a lot especially because it's a musical like when people hear musical it's like oh, oh it's yeah. a polite you know and it's like it's not for the blue hairs it's not for your subscribers right. so i feel like a lot of regional theaters probably shy away from it it's also like i feel like when when a uh, musicals are expensive and so when mm-hmm. you're mounting one you need to make sure it makes you money and I don't know that if you're going to take the risk as a regional nonprofit theater, For you're this. going to yeah. on something that is not a sure thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, you can always do Sweeney Todd, and people are going to come and see that, and it's going to be amazing. Oh, Jesus. Well, and also, I don't need this to see another like, Sweeney Todd. 
the the plot, I guess, if there Never. is one, you know, it's a bit of a, it's like a love triangle, right? So, and right. Uh, it's, um, and their relationship is pretty tempestuous. Well, and that's another. Is the um, other angle to this. Interesting thing to me about the two of them is that, um, so they're both based on this, as we said earlier, this novel length um, poem that was written poem. in the 20s. It was a banned book. Um and the the thing that makes it uh, interesting that the source material is a poem is that it already rhymed. So yep. a lot of the lyrics in yep. the show are actually directly lifted from, from the, the poem. poem. Oh wow! Um, Queenie was so, sexually ambiguous. Is that I assume that is from that's in the, yeah uh, that, yeah because both pieces like have that. Line. Oh yeah, the, the, so like, the opening okay, number of each of them is the... almost verbatim the same words yep. set to different music. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the book is um, is much more closely hues to the Lacusa version in that like it is this like big ensemble thing and it is about Queenie the central character who's a mm-hmm. chorus girl in vaudeville mm-hmm. um but really like everyone else kind of has equal billing sort of after that whereas I I really love the way that Lacusa took this and focuses on these four people these two couples who kind of like interrelate in different ways throughout the yep. evening um, Wait, Lipa did the that, right? Lipa did that, yeah, yes. Yeah, in yeah. the Lipa did Lacusa, that, yeah. it was a much larger cast. Uh, and it's yeah. like in everyone, and, and the, you know, the, the, the Lipa one, you know, the other, the secondary characters also have their, you know, their moments to shine. But really, mm. like, there's no losing the focus of whose story it is in the Lipa version, um, exactly. kind of dramaturgically. Whereas in the Lacusa, you're kind of like, oh, like... Is this about the Eartha Kit character, or is I it about, like, no, it's... I saw the Lacusa version, and I, it was, mm-hmm. like, literally, like, because it was when I first came to New York that this was happening. I couldn't get a ticket, as I recalled the Lipa version, because it was just a I believe smaller that. affair, and I think there was only, like, 40-something or maybe 50-something performances. But, yeah, I do I do think I got a little lost in the Lacusa one, just because it was, yeah. like... Yeah, whereas this one is, like, you, you there's it. no mistake of what's yeah, going of what's on. what's going on. Um, mm-hmm in this show and um and so it's yeah so it's this woman queenie who is um a vaudeville dancer and she is has a live-in boyfriend who is an abusive clown who also works the vaudeville circuit and uh their friend or her friend kate who was a vaudeville dancer and who is now moved up in the world by being a prostitute um but (laughs) hey if you got it monetize it um work and, is her, work. and her new friend who's kind of a gigolo who she meets and um and they're sort of show business friends and they decide to have a party um as sort of a distraction but also um it's it's so interesting that uh uh queenie almost weaponizes the party against yeah. hers like she's Earth. chosen yeah. when she throws this party to use the party to either humiliate him or to um, get him to appreciate her um, in very, you know, misguided tactics. But um, the, the motivation is very interesting and, and, and sort of complex to me. And, um, and then of course people drink and people have sex and clothes come off and um, there's an orgy and um, more As every musical should have. And then of Absolutely. course. Absolutely. Uh, this sounds like a musical that I would like. It's I really did enjoy listening to yeah, this, by the way. Yeah, I listened to this. Sure. And, and, and I, you know, I wasn't like 
listening, listening. Yeah, active listening. I wasn't sitting down and listening to it, but I was listening to it, and it was very enjoyable. And I remember having several moments, and 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 John would say like, "Are they talking?" And I was like, "Oh!" And then that was the Juggernaut song. Oh, that's a yes. great song. Dun, 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 the Juggernaut. A- <laughs> oh, yeah. So there you were. Can't I, help I, yeah, I, I really love really, all of the like. A lot of it was really. Yeah, up. I love a lot of, a lot of like, like the ensemble. Very, like actually, if you yeah. both scores, I think have like a lot to say for them and there are some moments that i like in in one versus the other um but like the ensemble writing i think in the lipa version is like great and some of my the favorite thing he does moments. with yeah with coral the voicings and the is yeah really really beautiful super smart um, and, and beautiful. the chords that he makes with voices mm-hmm. are just real. they they remind me of actually you were talking about bat boy earlier yeah. um I, I that is I I did a production of Bat Boy in oh, nice. Boston once and it's the it, yeah. it was like the hardest thing I ever did because it's like huh. a twelve person cast and yeah. there are twelve note chords in that opening number it's <laughs> right, like there's right, no right, like right, oh right. let wow. me listen to Scott because we're singing the same note it's like yeah. it was this it's lush like chord and when you hit it right harmonics. it is like living mm. in the middle of that is so yeah. it's such a sexy experience and I feel like Lippa does a lot oh, of yeah, writing definitely like that for got his ensembles chills from like some of the harmonies and everything yeah and their voices are like. Especially in Juggernaut, in when mm-hmm. when the when the orchestra falls out in Juggernaut, mm-hmm. and it's just them singing the oh, 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 oh my god, oh my then, god, that that is yes. Adina had like too many notes to live like it was really peak Adina peak <laughs> all of those people well I have to ask you on Adina are you in the pro or the con camp or somewhere in between I'm squarely in the con camp okay I we I don't share care this. for her yeah. I I mean wow I hear so <sighs> Do you, this is a riddle I have been trying to solve for like decades, which is what is the appeal? I, that, and that's oh my the God. thing. That's absolutely the thing. And so, uh, my husband and I just, we just watched the Rent, um, 25th anniversary, yeah. oh, okay. uh, live stream thing that New York Theater Workshop did. And she was, you know, she was interviewed in it and stuff. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, I can, I can understand the sort of like, you know, the, the young upstart, like, you know, Rent dropped out at NYU to do the Rent thing. Like, I get that. Um, a funny aside, which I, Scott, I mentioned to you earlier this week, I didn't know Rent when I, when I discovered the Wild Party. And so when I discovered Rent, for me, Adina Menzel was that woman from the Wild Party, which is hilarious. Like you, whereas like the rest like, of the world was like she's a star off Broadway from this musical. crazy like, Pulitzer Prize knows. winning musical. Yeah, 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 which I had never heard of. <laughs> so, so I, I can I can get the appeal. I can get the, mm. the sort of the grittiness and the mm. like. I don't really feel like anyone who was in Rent was really acting. Like they were just like doing their thing with a script. Like. Mm. I find her to just be very overrated for what she is. I don't think that she's a yeah. bad singer or a bad actor. I just think that the the no, the zeitgeist around her that, is so overinflated. And I don't yeah. know if it's from Wicked, and I don't know what it was, but I just like I've seen her live a couple times and she can't stay with a beat. 
Mm-hmm. Like, she's a musician who can't find the rhythm. Yeah. And so it's not like she's, like, purposefully backphrasing. She literally yeah. doesn't know where she is in the music. Um, She can't hit a lot of the notes of songs oh, that no. were written for her. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, which is just totally. insane to me. She's like, like this originated, is for your voice. She's originated right. in so many roles. Like, it's not like you're trying to sing, like, you know, Good Night My Someone, and it's right. like, you're not Barbara right. Cook. Like, I get that. Right. Um, and then she's just like, she <laughs> so forgets her words. Mm. There were so many times that I, I like I said, I've seen her, I've mm. seen her live twice, and both times she has this technique in concert where when she's about to go up on a mm-hmm. lyric, she turns it into an audience sing-along. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty And I was like, really. how <laughs> cheap. Like, you know every right, girl right, in this right, room right. knows Take Me or Leave Me. Of course. But you don't know Take Me or Leave Me, but it was written for you. <laughs> like, you've been singing the same five songs found for 30 years. I think I maybe found the in the world that has a, has a stronger opinion of Adina than I do. I can't but, um, And you know that you know, I, I mean, it's I, like, I am not like a know, fan fan, yeah, but yeah. I find her... Um, I find her more amusing yeah. and I mean and it's fun I just I think not. it's the well, I don't understand the zeitgeist thing and like the compared to the level of talent it confuses me so like right. listening but to I, this but I think Wicked I think Wicked did it right I mean how could level, it not when you have level. that fucking song yeah. and if that's the song that's identified with you oh, ah, and Yeah, and the end of that act. I mean, it's. I mean, if sure. I had seen her in it, I probably would have yeah, like. Sure. Yeah, I probably would and feel very differently fair. about her. That's yeah, super you know. Fair. Yeah, I mean, but like, I listen to this Lipa score, and I'm like, if you like, if you just put this in my ears for the first time and like completely devoid of context, I don't know who any of these actors or singers are. It's like I listen to Julia Murney. And I listened to Adina Menzel. And if, like, you asked me, like, who is the major Broadway star? I would be like, well, obviously, Julia Murney. Like, her voice is, like, so phenomenal and has so many colors. And she has so many, so much control over her instrument. I'm just like, so, yeah, that's the thing that I think, like, like, grates me a little bit about the, like, Adina thing. Even though, like, she seems like a completely lovely human being. And I'm sure she's, like, like, a wonderful human being. It's just, I just don't get it. It's she and and the the Mernie Menzel thing is like that boggles my mind and I don't know mm-hmm. if it's like a you know like Mernie doesn't like to replace and so she's had fewer career mm. opportunities or something but like you're absolutely correct and I feel like especially on this score but I feel anytime I've heard Julia Mernie sing something on a record like there's there's acting beats in her performance like there she's mm-hmm. she's doing text interpretation she's not just laying down a track of a song yeah. and like i i can feel her heartbreak and i can feel her um her rage in these in these songs through her this gorgeous voice in that finale song how did we come oh to this my God. that she sings so gorgeously and hauntingly It just sounds like effortless too. Like there's like it doesn't sound labored. Like it just yeah. And it's this weird like open belt in the middle Mm -hmm. of her head. Like it doesn't feel like mixing, but like right. I'm like, how is she doing that? Has to be just for Mm -hmm. the height of the note. Yeah, but it's just fun. Fun. Julia Murney. Fun fact. uh, 
she she turned down an amazing opportunity in November of 2019 to do an unpaid developmental showcase of our musical Monsters, where she would have played an unhinged real estate agent with uh, with possible ties to the underworld, uh, which we sort of modeled off of like uh, Jessica uh, Jessica Lang, right? That's her name in season okay. one of American Horror Story. But but it was so funny because we were like, yes, we were doing this like developmental thing, and like uh, we were uh, it was like with uh, with the New York Theater Barn, and they were in charge of casting and I remember the casting person was like uh, was like what about Julia Murney for this and I was like <laughs> um sure I mean I was like I'm pretty sure she's gonna have something better to do that night but uh anyway so. that's so funny <laughs> Oh, uh, but you, ne- you, you never, never know. know I was you like sure know. ask her I was like you know um, I, Scott had written down some other things mm. that, that he has done. Andrew Lippa has done. I saw Big Fish. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I did not. Yeah, I th- probably in pre. It didn't last very long. No. It was very, yeah. very, very short lived. And then Adam's Family. It was right? Did you see that? Fine. I didn't see Adam's no, Family. I did not either. I don't. I did. <clears throat> it was one of those like I had a friend mm. that was like, "Hey, I can't use these tickets next weekend in New York. Do you want? Okay. Do you want these tickets to Adam's Family?" And I was like. Yeah. Sure, fine, Andrew Lippa, like you know, BB Newirth, like that crazy cast. Um, I saw oh, like right. the whole it was Nathan original. Lane and BB. Everyone, right. Nathan Lane, BB, mm-hmm. um, all those people, and um, yeah, again, like not Carolee Carmelo, not great, but like had its moments. It was cute, huh. you know. I Wait, Carolee, like, Car- you know, she was in that. Carolee Carmelo was in it. She was oh. the like the straight lace next door neighbor huh. mother. I saw her as Mrs. Lovett like in that dinner. like site specific. Oh, with Norm Lewis? She was actually oh, very she was really bitch. good actually. Yeah. I love her. I think she's amazing. Yeah, she was amazing in that. Um wow. Um what else do we what else uh, do we have? Well one of the things that that I I mean I know you already kind of touched on this, but it's so strange to me that both of these things happen oh, at the yeah. same time. And so it's is it so, so obviously the source material, everyone must have identified this long, long before and said, right. this is going to be a fucking great musical as soon as we're able to. And mm. so what were, maybe they just weren't able to get the rights any other way, or maybe they didn't want to pay for them. So they just realized if they waited a few years, they could do it. Um, it was, I was saying to Scott, it reminded me of, and this probably predates both of you, but f- there was some time, I think it was the late eighties or early nineties. There were like a couple of Wyatt Earp movies coming out from different studios mm, and uh-huh. they were rushing to get the, uh, the theirs out first. And I was like, what, what the fuck? It's so bizarre that that happened. But, but I love the fact that the other wild party, mm-hmm. What has you can Starred, say? Mandy Patinkin, of course. Oh. Mandy fucking Patinkin. <laughs> he is an uh, on, I, he's this ongoing theme in our podcast, Kyle. That like that somehow you don't care for Mandy Patinkin. No, I don't. Somehow, care for like everything we talk really about good involves in, Mandy um, Patinkin. Mandy he's really good Patinkin. in what's the what? the the Claire Danes? Claire know. Danes, right? Claire Danes. Sure, but I don't know what you're talking. Claire about. Danes' vehicle on hmm. Showtime, where she plays the. Nope. The, oh, Homeland. Oh, okay. I didn't know he was oh. Mandy Patinkin, I didn't know great was on Homeland. Yeah. That's the funny like, thing Sunday is... Sunday in the Park with George? <laughs> <laughs> I would say, like, if I ever saw Secret him, Garden, even when I saw him in the, in the um, Stephen Sondheim's birthday, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the guy and from Homeland. He was, Homeland. like, standing in the middle of the um, fucking field. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's singing, 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 like, at... at 
2.2 volume so that you were like straining to hear him this is this is so i found on broadwayworld.com i found some uh just like this is all chat about the wild party the the michael john lacusa one that he was in yeah, okay. yeah, the, the John Lacusa mm-hmm. one, and it, the, it's it's under the the heading of the Wild Party, the E True Broadway Story, which I don't know what? if that's an actual oh, thing. Jesus. But but this this is maybe you read about this. I had not. Look, I like Mandy. Says JV ninety two. He's a little intense, <laughs> a little method, sure. But I met him once, and he was very nice to me. He's also one of the finest stage actors I know of. I don't know the full story with the Wild Party, but Mandy allegedly spit on Tony Collette. Spit? This is typical Mandy. His character was not a nice guy, and I take it that he was being method. However, Colette thought he was personally attacking her, called equity, and made a big deal out of it. Either way, he did spit on her, which was not right at all. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wow, Mandy. So... Well, now I have a legitimate reason to just... Who would spit on Tony Collette? How she is exactly treasure. Exactly. Oh, incidentally, exactly. when I saw Well Party, I had literally no idea who Tony Collette was. Literally no idea. Oh, no. I was like, who is this random actress? Like, I remember being very excited to see Eartha. Like, because obviously yes. I didn't know who fucking Eartha Kitt was. But, uh, but no, no idea who Tony Collette was. Well, Did not you would have known if the original casting happened, you would have known who played Queenie. Who was going to play because Queenie? Because trivia, trivia. Oh, no, give me this fun thing. Um, that uh, the Lacusa Wild Party yeah. was written yeah. for Vanessa Williams. What? No yeah. way. I read I that. I did not know that. I got that off of the wow. same Wild Party E! True Broadway Williams, story. And she couldn't do it. I believe it was the she same got pregnant, season as Into the Woods. Or she oh, got pregnant, okay. or both. Okay. No, I think she got pregnant. Got pregnant, and um, and so she had to withdraw. But I have always like gotten chills thinking about that because the whole the whole thing with the text is mm-hmm. that she's blonde and she has this very fair skin, mm. and the idea that that yeah, yeah, role yeah. could be played by a woman of color is crazy, that... mind blowing to me. Um, because the Lacusa version specifically in the, like, after the craziness happens in the final act where, like, the gun goes off and mm-hmm. the guy's dead and all this stuff, um, she is crying and she sings specifically a, like, interpolation of her intro song and she says, Queenie was the blonde in a Broadway show mm-hmm. and she hid from the world beneath a mask of snow. And I was like... Oh, wow. And the idea of, like, you know, like... Uh, I have this, like, very vivid visual in my brain of, like, Vanessa Williams crying and, like, Mm. taking the blonde wig off and, like, her crying is, like, removing the white face that she's wearing and she, like, and it's like she's been, like, trying to play this part in a time that is not kind to people of color and I was just like, holy shit, like, that is a completely crazy different level of, like, poignancy and then you, like, you replace Vanessa Williams with Tony Collette. Like I love Tony Collette. Don't what, get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, what a strange hmm. choice. Yeah. Right. What a very strange hmm. choice. And I feel bad that Tony Collette's experience was uh, yeah. was not positive. Poor because, Tony. Um, she, you know, she ended up doing all right by, with her career. So that's yeah, not, I think so. I love yeah. her. 
I love this. Another another person. Wait, I just have one more okay. real quick. Yankee yes. fan 007 says <laughs> Patinkin notoriously hard to work with. The perfect reason why he and Patty Lapone get along so well. <laughs> oh, rude! Used his method rude. training while working on the show. Um, oh my god! It says my he's god. also been prone to strange emotional outbursts. At one point, holding up in his dressing room and sobbing uncontrollably for four hours because he was unhappy with the show's lighting. Oh my god! Okay, so of so course he's he, of course you know, he's I, method. I, I, Mandy. I probably need I probably <laughs> need to potentially what? give him some empathy because he might have some sort of mental disorder. I mean that well, just because if that's you're true, taking like psychology 101, Tim. Right now, if, if, every <laughs> Everybody, everybody has a personality disorder. Well, I was like, no, everyone, we, we're not a lot of fucking people, I mean. a lot of fucking people have mental disorders. <laughs> but just, I mean, <laughs> to cry for four hours over a lighting design that is yeah. completely out of your control. That's 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 All right. pretty fucking. Well, with these stories, I'm feeling a little vindicated. For I mean, my ire has always just been that it's it's so precious. I just can't really deal with it. I don't mean to be that person, but like, I do also feel (laughs) if we're talking about mental disorders that the typical profile of a person who goes on a Broadway chat room or Mm -hmm. board and like posts these stories, like, I might take that with a grain of salt. Questioning the veracity of Yankee, Yankee, whatever his name was, was actually (laughs) quoting an article, uh, which uh, he he, he did say the author's name, which I didn't cite, so I apologize. So there are receipts. Okay, this is. Apparently, apparently, receipts. we may have to. Like, yeah, get apparently, back apparently. So I. Uh, oh, the rest of the piece can be found here, except that, of course, that link doesn't work. Okay. Anyway, um, this is fascinating. This is crazy. I I would love to be able to. Is there any way to watch this show? Is is there oh. a yeah a, tell a me Kyle. i like tried to find a, some shit on has it YouTube ever been filmed so i have like saved in a bookmarks folder like every clip that i've been able to find of mm. the original i've never been able to find a full bootleg of it um okay. i uh my husband is a much better um searcher of the bootleg internet sleuth. internets than Sleuthin. i am but um there have been a lot of clips that have come out of like single songs um, okay. So I think okay. of the original production, I think I have probably like seven or eight that I've found okay. on YouTube and on Instagram. Um, and by and like large, it's very good. And Edina actually, the, Life um, of the Party. Edina Life one. of the Party specifically is an incredible um, staging because it's like you you don't know what you're missing until you see it on its feet. And then sure. it's like, oh, like this is a great song. But then when you when you go through the um what the direction adds Mm. to the song and it's subtext Mm. where like she starts by herself on a chair and is kind of like shy no one's talking to her at the party and then she does a bump of coke Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she animates herself and she becomes this person who for the whole first act ostensibly you think is who she is where really she then gets to reveal something about her character Mm -hmm. that she's this life of the party bombastic woman but she's really shy and she's relying on drugs and liquor to um pump her yeah. up but you don't yeah. get that in the song you don't get that in the lyric what? you, you get, that get that in the subtext all. of the performance yeah, yeah. don't you wanna be the life of the party don't you wanna be the cream of the crop don't you wanna
well. What about any of the uh, who's who's the rest of the creative team? Like who directed this and who designed it? And do we have any of that information? No, we can no. follow up on that. I should. Yeah, we can no. follow yeah, up. Yeah, on no, that. we should have. Um, uh, I don't. Okay. I really don't actually. Um, but um, that's okay. We talked I think about I actually Priscilla. know more about. Yeah. The I know more about the um the the Broadway one. It was George C. Wolfe and Graciela mm. Danielle did that one, yeah. but I have no oh, idea who right. did the off Broadway one. But it's um it's really uh it's it's truly something. Um and I uh, I've never actually read the the script, so I'm not sure how much of it is actually mm. written into the the show itself versus it right, you versus know it was the whim of the director. But um mm. um but little moments like that are just really gorgeous, and it's um I really like uh the um the intimacy of it having been mm-hmm. off Broadway that it's like, it's a, so much of the the text of the book is about like it, th- this is a party with, you know, 60 people in it that takes place in a studio right. apartment in Manhattan. Right. Totally. Like right. you this need that way. claustrophobia yeah. Yeah. to kind yeah. of get it. Oh, that's and why I feel like putting time, it on a Broadway I, stage mm, is, yeah. It was definitely, you know, I was working, I was like, you know, a, what a junior in college and working at this little theater company and so happy to be in New York, you know, for the first time ever is, you know, obviously a long aspired to goal and this was happening. And yeah, I had the opportunity to see the, see the Broadway one, but I remember everyone just sort of like, talking it was like the off-broadway version that everybody was right. like talking about at the time and yeah it's well that's my that's just my if i could choose i would always see Pick something off Broadway. i would Broadway, always see something that's sure. smaller yeah. and the sad thing is is that those kinds of musicals you know they just don't last very long they don't have yeah. the ability because they just can't make money yeah. um and it's so unfortunate and then i also learned you know in recent years even if something even if they know they're not going to make money they still want to put it on broadway for a a Mm. flashpoint so Mm -hmm. they can say it's been on broadway which then increases the you know the the subsidiary rights and and all of that licensing and such um and that's a bummer because it would be so lovely if off broadway was actually a vibrant community but it's i mean not that it doesn't exist obviously we've talked about this many times like new world stages and there's certain venues that that have regular programming um but in terms of like a show like this like it couldn't last they couldn't sustain uh the show for a long period of time or at least it doesn't seem to happen well it's sustained in the heart and mind and brain of kyle thomas Hemingway. Yes. So, who is yes. I'll be its official historian. And, <laughs> and it's great to, I mean, it's always great to, you know, Scott and I, the reason that I asked you about that and we pretended to not know for a moment what was happening is because Scott and I don't tell each yeah. other in advance when we record these podcasts. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we, we do we not know what the other person is going to talk about yeah. legitimately. Yeah, yeah which, some, um, which and, is sometimes fun, but sometimes it's like later I'm like, oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. <laughs> It's yeah. true. It's true. It catches well. It catches you off it guard, does, literally. Yeah. But but it's um, but it's also like educational because there's a lot of there's a lot of musicals yeah. that I don't know. So I'm I'm learning. And I remember when these I had just moved to New York when these shows were here. Mm-hmm. And I remember the graphic mm-hmm. of of the public wild party. I remember the the, the campaign of the public because you know the public campaigns all have similar you know the, the feel of them is similar mm-hmm. so i remember that campaign um very clearly because that's when i started working at blue man group which was of course right across the street from the public and um i remember tony colette i wanted to see it mm. i didn't because i was broke um but <laughs> i got a free I, ticket and then in the in yeah. my student journal oh, right. that i wrote Oh, I right, was forced right, right, right. to keep a student journal like oh when I was God. here interning and I w- went back and read it and I t- 
trashed it. Like I thought that I liked <laughs> my, the Michael John Lacusa, but I think <laughs> I saw it, didn't understand what I was seeing, didn't have any context, didn't know what I was gonna go see. I was just like, oh, something with Eartha Kid. And then, uh, but then later I like somehow like got the CD or something of the Lacusa one and then always remembered it fondly. But yeah, recently when I was like in one of my like pandemic, you know, cleaning fits, <laughs> I stumbled across this journal and like found it and I was like, oh my God, I trashed it. So I trashed that's it. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. I said, but that's what we, that's what you do as a student, right? Yeah. That's, what you, oh, that's your yeah. mindset. Your mindset is fix, critique. You yeah, know, I um, I wrote. Uh, it was okay, not very listener friendly, and containing a few out of place numbers. I didn't sympathize with any of the characters, and I felt the show was rather insulting to the audience's intelligence. Intelligence. At least we were spared by not having an intermission, but perhaps that was to keep people from leaving. I mean. What, what the fuck I, do I know? You have too? to read like, that last sentence. You have to read that last oh, sentence. I sat, I sat with, with all, all the, the directors direct- at MTW who, needless to say, hated the show as much as I did. Like, I didn't even give any reasons <laughs> that I disliked it. I was just like some nasty 20-year-old queen. I mean... I but that's what you do. It's 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 <laughs> it's in vogue to hate things when you're in your yeah. late teens and early 20s. And because yeah. you're now um, developing some kind of like bullshit vocabulary for why yeah. you hate things. And so like it's justifiable that you, mm-hmm. you like... It's okay to like things. Like it, it took totally. me a long time getting out of Emerson to be like, it's okay to like yeah. something. And meanwhile, and it's like fine. I was listening to both of these scores a lot the last couple of weeks to prepare for this, and I'm like, we should be so fucking lucky, lucky to have either of these open on Broadway right? like tomorrow. I'm like, most of the shit that comes like to Broadway, musically speaking, is like not. 25% as an intelligent of these scores. So anyway, 100%. I was an idiot. I was clearly an idiot. There's also the oh. sort of piggybacking, Tim, on what you were saying about like a vibrant off-Broadway, you know, producing community. Like there's also the um, the 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 thing we have in our minds from commercial Broadway productions, especially things like Phantom, that mm. like longevity is success. Oh, yeah, right. for sure. Yes, yeah. yes. And it's like... It is it is perfectly reasonable for something to close like mm-hmm. when if it closed early I feel bad for that but if it did the run that it set out to do like mm-hmm. I think that uh, th- we should normalize that that's a successful run absolutely yeah. absolutely 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 and don't hog theaters Phantom like wicked i've I've been like reading a lot of history stuff and seeing like oh this was a production that ran at the majestic because nothing has run at the majestic during Mm -hmm. my lifetime that was not phantom of the opera (laughs) oh my god yeah literally literally. and that is crazy to me yeah or like when cats it is so true took up the winter garden but yeah um Okay, I have a I have a wrap okay. up, which is a complete topic jump. Like a final, I have a final wrap up after you. Wait, you is first. it Wild Party related wild or not Wild Party? Related. Yeah. Oh well, then this isn't Wild Party okay. related, so you All should right, well do then. yours first. Oh, I just like I actually don't follow Andrew Lippa on Twitter because I'm not much of a oh, social media person. But somebody oh, re- right, 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 somebody right, right. retweeted something that I just thought was nice. Uh, I actually like by happenstance saw this yesterday, mm. and I wrote it down. It's a Lippa tweet from March 4th, 2021. As we start to Ooh. reopen houses of wor- of worship, I mean theaters, can I put a word in for the seriously silly, the delightfully fun, the chaotically odd, the outrageously funny, the light as a feather? Not every show has to change the world. A couple hours of laughs goes a long way. 
I just thought that was really lovely. Oh. Uh, That's so refreshing. Well, right? Actually, I'm going to save mine. Okay. Uh, we should end there. Yeah. That's, he that's... was a sweetheart, too. When I worked at MTW, I was supposed to put together oh. a songwriting workshop from him, and he was, like, uniformly lovely. And I thought that tweet was lovely. And I love I that. that was, yeah. Yeah, that that's really – I love that, too. Yeah. I love that, too. Kyle, thank you, yeah, so, thank you so much thank for you. being here. It's been Yay. fun to meet you and to chat with you. <laughs> I can't wait until we can all meet in person. Absolutely. Yes. Soon, right? Yes. It's going to happen soon. Yes. Hopefully our first Who knows? Uh, Maybe New York theatrical experience. I don't know. That's going to be tough. I keep being like, what should my first piece of theater be? But so feels like I it's got to be whatever good. I can get. Yeah, it's exactly. probably not going to be great, but just to be in a room with other people seeing yeah, a totally. performance is going to be amazing. Yeah, there's probably yeah, not I much mean, I would say I, no even to. if it's terrible, I'm probably going to weep. I can feel it. <laughs> I can, I could do it oh, right yeah. now just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. Ugly crying is in the future. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until, until next, time, next time in hopelessness. Bye. Bye. There is no hope.